Hi everyone, my name is Z Razak and welcome to the Next Level Finance podcast sponsored by Surtax Accounting and the aspiration is to unlock financial freedom and I mean real financial freedom. Welcome to episode three and our special guest today is Prem who is a SaaS pension corporate administrator and he's going to give huge value. Get ready to enjoy it. Prem, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, Z. Fantastic. Prem's going to tell us about his journey and also, really important, going to give huge value to the audience. And as you all know, across social media, you're going to be enjoying this podcast, episode three. So, Prem, we're getting into this. How did you find so, the food? Food is good. You know, a nice veggie breakfast uh, for, for a uh, Tuesday afternoon. Not bad. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Always get over there at lunch at Z. Do you know what? The hospitality is so important and anyone who comes yeah. to our office, we do this as standard and it's great to have you here. Cheers. And what we're going to be talking about is first a bit about yourself as we normally do and then all the value that you create which is amazing and there's a big treat for you guys because we're going to be focusing a lot on SaaS pensions and what, why they're so beneficial and how Prem and ourselves try to help people. First bit I want to talk about Prem is you know, your challenges. How did you um, get from wherever yeah. to end up running a SaaS pension? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, it's a good question. Um, I think it all roots back to sport. So in my younger days, um, I had ambitions to make it as a professional cricketer. Um, having been in the Leicestershire cricket setup for, for many years as, I have as a child. have to jump in here. Are you a cricket, are you a bowler? Or batsman? A um, bit of both. So I would say I'm a bit greedy, you know. I uh, <laughs> typically open the bowling and, and bat in the top four. So I've... Uh, wow, all-rounder. Yeah, a bit of an all-rounder. So, yeah, so my journey probably started there, you know. Um, as a kid, the ambition was always to be a professional cricketer. You know, it was... No one grows up to be in the pensions industry. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bit boring. <laughs> who's so, your icon? Who's, who's my your favorite? icon? Who's your favourite? Cricket star. I would say Sachin Tendulkar. You know, being from a, being from an Indian heritage, you know, you grow up watching these cricketers, and it is always Sachin Tendulkar as a as as a batsman. Um, so yeah, grew up watching a lot of cricket. Um, so you know, I th- cricket is where I wanted to go. You know, I had good prospects of becoming a professional cricketer, and I think in life that was probably the biggest setback that I ever had. You know, mm. with with being, um, you know, almost almost there to being a professional cricketer and not being able to make it I think that's that's then brought me the motivation to, to do what we've done today um, so you know the biggest challenges that, that, that I had was that you know not being able to fulfill your dream because of barriers that couldn't couldn't be broken give, give us a bit of insight I know it's a bit deep we're talking off here about this and I think a lot of viewers probably don't understand some of the challenges people face and everyone faces challenges yeah um, just give us a bit of outline some of the challenges that you faced to that which stopped yeah. you doing yeah. what your dream was yeah I, th- I think the first one was obviously ethnicity I think playing cricket in in those years you know 20 years ago you know there weren't many Asian cricketers playing for England at that point um, but you know, it was a, a quite a, a rude awakening when you know you get told you know the contract's not going to be on on offer and you're not going to make it as a professional cricketer. Um, I would say I would say the biggest two obstacles was was one was ethnicity and the politics around the sport. 
you know, not being able to, to make it through. Do you know what? That's one of the frustrations and people don't, some people underplay it. And you've had the Azeem Rafiq case yeah, we were talking yeah, about. Yeah. And if your Azeem's watching, we've got you on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, you're being an inspiration to many people. Yeah, and there is challenges. And I think people always get mistaken and all get um, nervous about it. It's just the way it is. And we sometimes have to challenge the status quo because many people from all backgrounds don't like that yeah. because we all want to live in a nice way yeah. and try to see people achieve the best that yeah. they can. Yeah. So yeah. so that obviously shaped you a bit um, yeah. and yeah. obviously gave you a bit of, as you said, rude awakening. How did you deal with that? Because this is the biggest sometimes frustration I have with people from our backgrounds, uh, I say this, or from minority backgrounds. Sometimes it can affect them negatively, but it's obviously affected no, you in a yeah. positive way. How did you... How did you take that? I, I think it sort of motivated me. I mean, at, at that point onwards, I went on to um, university. You know, initially university was a was a plan that I might have, might have gone to university, might not have. And then you know, when all this cricket dream sort of ended, I ended up um, going to university, studied uh, management and finance, um, played cricket. You know, still played cricket then, and not professionally, but but for the for, for the university. Um, and I think that sort of drove me because it was almost like, well, you know, I've had the biggest stumbling block in my life here, not being able to make it as a cricketer. So there's nothing really worse than that. Um, so I ended up sort of going through university, worked really hard. Um, luckily got my uh, got my degree at the end of it. Um, and then I sort of thought back and sort of understood what, what I enjoyed at university, you know, studying finance at university. I wanted to stay in that arena. Um, unfortunately, you know, being from Leicester, we had we had a, we had a big employer um, in predominantly the wealth management and the pension space. So, just to interrupt, got a soft spot for Leicester. I, people follow me LinkedIn. I went to university in Leicester. Yeah, I was yeah. there for quite a few years. So I, I got a good uh, relationship. Yeah, with that place. yeah. I, I think I think our first conversation. Yeah. We, we spent half the call talking about <laughs> Leicester and the places that are shut down and the places that are open. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah. So we got something in common, I guess. Yeah, got that, got that in common. But um, yeah. So so then 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 I was sort of walked into the, the pensions industry, particularly um, working with SIPs and SASs, uh, which are both sort of pension vehicles, which which are common in the industry now. Um, and I spent sort of twelve years at that particular business, um, growing inside of the. I'm going to just unpack that because you mentioned two acronyms, SIP and SASs. For people who don't understand that. What does the SIP stand for? Self-invested personal pensions and assassins, small self-administered schemes. And there's obviously quite a bit of differences which we'll touch on through this um, without getting huge detail because this meant hours on that, but it's quite important because it changes the mindset yeah. and what you can yeah. do and what you can't do. Yeah. Um, and we're going to sort of touch as we go yeah. through your yeah, story. Yeah, as we go through it, yeah. So you were saying about your journey with obviously wealth management yeah that's it and so fortunately uh, yeah you know i learned a lot of um technical information around sips and, and sasses mm-hmm. um which 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 stay with me and then and then we sort of you know when you when you work for a business of, of that size um the, the sort of personal element of it sort of soon disappears mm. um so we always felt you know where we where i personally added value was was being personable you know speaking to business owners understanding what they're doing understanding how a pension can help them. Um, we then thought about, you know, having a new proposition on the market, um, mm-hmm. which is where Interested Pensions comes into it. Really, you know, we formed that in pre-COVID, uh, a week before COVID, in wow. in, in February twenty twenty. You know, it, it's all those things. Yeah. How how did um, COVID? Because I always ask people this when they bring this up, because COVID was such a big hit to everybody. 
How did it affect you? Because obviously you couldn't go out there and network and things yeah. like this. So how did you deal with it yeah. as an entrepreneur? Deal with COVID? Yeah, it, it was difficult. It was difficult at outset, you know, when 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 you just sort of handed you notice and and a week later you find out the world's going to close. You think, what great timing! And, and two weeks later, my, my wife told me that we're pregnant. So, well, we're not, we're not we, but she's, she's pregnant. Yeah, everyone so, gets yeah. <laughs> so, so you end up thinking, oh, what, what a great time. You know, you, you've given up job security to go out to wow. follow your ambition and, 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 and put, the, put the rights, put the wrong, put the rights to the wrongs, as it were. Um, and, and then sort of this happens. But that was another motivational factor, knowing that, you know, you've got the next generation of your own family coming into the world. And, and then, you know, you have that motivation to make sure that what you do is, is, is going to be successful. You know, you, you don't have much choice at that point when you've when you when you've taken the taken the plunge as it were. So um, I'm, I'm going to unpack that because that's quite so motivational, inspirational to the audience is that you've had two major lifetime effect yeah, yeah. events, right? And they're obviously going to affect you. You've finished your career in corporate world, yeah. starting your own business, yeah. that's major in itself. Yeah, yeah. And then you're starting a family, yeah. which is supposed to be obviously these are all celebrational moments, yeah, but yeah. scary as yeah, well. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. How did yeah. you? How did you deal with that? Um, I think at that point with COVID happening as well, the world was mad anyway. So that yeah. gave me some comfort saying that actually, <laughs> you know, my world might be a bit more mad compared to everyone else. But, you know, the, the world is becoming a different place anyway. Um, I, I think I think having a child at the same time was, was probably a good kick up the backside, as it were, to make sure that, you know, we have to make entrusted pensions a success. You know, we need to work hard you work with professional connections like yourself mm-hmm. um, to add value to these clients. Um, and, 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 and that's what we started doing from day one. You know, I think COVID, COVID although it was a hindrance in the first couple of weeks, afterwards, you know, it, it became actually beneficial to us because it meant that we could have three or four conversations with accountants, advisors all across the country in a day, you know, to get three or four advisors in, three or four meetings in, physical meetings mm-hmm. is very difficult. So, you know, we were able to speak to all of our sort of existing connections quite quickly in, in a space of a couple of months. And then the snowball effect took place. You know, people understood what we we're doing. You know, we, we, we worked with some connections for a long period of time. Um, they, they bought into our ethos. What we're trying to deliver in the SaaS space is, is very different to what you get from the traditional providers. Um, I, I'm going to just jump in there a bit, unpack what you said there. For me, that's one of the big things what I found with yourself is that most people act as blockers. Yeah. And that that is just either a, a difference in mentality, but in the space that we're in, yeah. one of the key things is how do you find solutions to problems? Yeah, and that's the constant yeah. way because people don't want you to just tell them the problems. Yeah, yeah. And they want a solution. They want someone they can trust and build. Yeah. And I think from uh, our conversations, you've got that uh, bit about yourself that you can build that rapport yeah. with people and that's why when you get on the podcast yeah, yeah. because people don't understand this yeah. this is so important and this yeah. is the brand of people yeah. not everyone's yeah. got this yeah it's true. just the way we're made right yeah, yeah. And, but if you're talking to someone who's um someone easy to talk to yeah. and be able to help you yeah. and obviously tell you what you can't do but tell you how you can do yeah. stuff yeah. and be able to think change your mindset that's value yeah absolutely and i think that's where we sort of set ourselves um aside really because you know a lot of the traditional providers in our space would 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 typically would typically give you a bog standard answer if it doesn't sort of tick the box it's you know could you go find the answers and we just think that you know that way of dealing is 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 long gone you know you need to you need to help people where you where you can 
um, especially business owners, you know, being a business owner ourselves, you know, we, we get a lot of help from, from other connections, professional connections about our business. So, so it's the same we try to deliver with other business owners, you know, how, how can we help them grow their business? You know, can we do that via SaaS? And, if, and certainly if it's not the right vehicle for them, yeah. we'd, we'd be honest and say, I don't think it's the right vehicle for you. I, I think that's another, you're raising so much value, audience, again, it's huge <laughs> value. For me, one of the things is being true about yeah, stuff, right? Yeah. Having that transfer and having that integrity to say, sorry, that doesn't work, yeah, right? Yeah. But you can do it this way. Yeah, and having yeah. that passion. Yeah. Because no one likes, like a, I call it like a dead fish, right? No one likes someone just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. That's not what people no, are looking for. Yeah. They're looking for people got that motivation, expression because this is their future legacy. Yeah, this is it's, it. It's huge. It's one of the biggest assets, yeah. which blows my mind yeah, every yeah, day, is, yeah. that we don't even get taught or educated no, about this. Yeah. And it's one of the biggest assets. Yeah. I think That's these right. experiences probably led to three years going quite quick. Oh, right, 100%. So yeah. when you started, also you had those challenges. How are you now, like three years in? How's the business looking? Yeah, the, the, the business has gone strength to strength. You know, I think we're, we're, we're fortunate with the connections like yourselves and a wider connection all around the UK that have supported us from day dot. You know, I, I think it's a testament also to the team that we have working with interested pensions. You know, the amount of great feedback we get from clients. So, you know, that that's in itself creates business because of referrals that we get from our own clients, which mm. is a which is an accolade in itself. Um, so which has meant that the trajectory of the business is 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 is, is gone pretty 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 vertical and very strong. I mean our forecast of where we wanted to be in, in, in ten years, we've actually achieved that in, in three years. So amazing. So so we've done well. But again, you know, it's it's not just me, you know, it's a it's it's a team effort, you know, for connections and, and, and our own employees, which are I think you put the natural is getting that whole culture right and yeah. for me it's a similar some some of my case in my journey where you went from corporate to your own world uh, or your own business and you want to create that culture yeah. that fits Absolutely. what you want to be able to yeah. work in yeah. Yeah. and I think that's the the empowerment that yeah. you can't get necessarily in corporate world no, because not. you're in a different structure where other people are dictating yeah and i think we're talking a bit yeah. about this i think this is yeah so empowering isn't it it makes you want to be 100 percent. i think that the analogy is you know you're, you're trying to turn turn the ship when the ship's moving at speed you know you can't do that in a corporate world just because of the nature of the beast um but but when you're talking to business owners at a, at a micro level you, you need to sort of step out of that you need to be offering that personalized service that one-to-one -one, you know you know having conversations in the evening like we sometimes do or early in the morning you know it, that that's what it is and that's what it means for business owners um, and the corporate world is it, 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 just not flexible enough to deal with that anymore hence why we took the took the risk and, and started interested pensions I, I think you've really explained that really well the difference between that one-to-one -one, i.e the micro relationship that you mentioned and the macro strategy yeah. on how you're going to grow that yeah. and put that framework yeah and i think that's the biggest challenge large organizations have they have yeah. a certain philosophy culture at the beginning yeah. their mission statement yeah and by the time they get to the yeah. end yeah it's something totally different yeah, and the, the people like i don't even recognize the yeah. business i don't even yeah. want to work yeah here. yeah that's, that's a horrible. lot of owners have that yeah. you know that yeah i've met so many yeah. And they're like, that was one thing we probably should have put some kind of controls by putting people that have our shared yeah, value. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's yeah. a huge session, yeah. huge, huge uh, issue for businesses. Yeah. I think I wanted to mention, because obviously your business is obviously getting successful, going strength for strength. Um, what is some of the big things that you've helped um, owners, business owners, and we're probably going to be thinking about commercial property. So how, yeah. do, you, how do you help and yeah. some of the successes you've done for entrepreneurs. I think it's first and foremost just understanding what the business is. I always find it interesting to learn about 
other people's businesses because you know when you're doing pensions pensions are fairly boring you hear you hear the stories of other business owners you think wow that's a great idea you know what, what a fantastic business so initially it's just understanding what the business is and understanding what the problems are um you know our, 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 our sort of, i'd say the most successful one that we've, we've probably had recently is, is is a client sort of approaches um through a referral talking about doing a loan back which is a facility which you know really well anyway um, just just explain it um, to the clients and uh, an audience and people like that, who, people who potentially may be looking at that yeah. kind of solution. So, so effectively, loan backs a facility which you which allows fifty percent of the fund to be lent back to to the business. Um, there's various sort of terms and conditions that have to be met for it to be an authorized loan mm-hmm. back, um, which you know you need to sort of understand by case by case. But it allows um, it allows the the pension scheme to effectively act as a bank. Um, to, to, to the business so so you become a bit more self-sufficient you're not reliant on a bank for instance where you know mm-hmm. interest rates are, are where they are today um, so, so that's that's the sort of solution the client thought of before approaching us um, and, and another conversation we actually found out that they had a commercial property in the business um, which you know there was scope to potentially move into the pension scheme for, for, for various tax benefits family benefits, there's, there's a whole host of benefits we can talk through, but, but, but the initial sort of consideration was for the client and, and also the, the advisor was actually loan back route. Um, and we could sort of quickly turn that around to so actually it's, it might be a bit more beneficial if the commercial property comes in. The effects are the same, you know, a client would, would speak to us about a loan back because it adds liquidity back into the business, um, subject to various terms and conditions, but, but, but the, a property purchase from the business has the same effect. Yeah. So the cash goes back into the business um, and the property comes into the pension scheme and then you know, you've got a whole, whole host of tax efficiency in itself. I'll unpack that because Prem's uh, really explained something fantastic and there's a lot of info and people are like, see, you always overwhelm us, right? <laughs> and uh, I'm going to try and try unpacking that. So some of the benefits Prem's saying is he's put cash from uh, the comp- um, pension into the company because it's bought the property assets. So that's number one benefit. Number two benefit is when the property goes into uh, the pension, you can charge rent to your limited company. Yeah. Right. And that rent is obviously tax deductible. So you save tax, corporation tax. And the rent goes into the pension tax-free because the pension doesn't pay income or corporation tax. There's a whole host of other benefits. Yeah. But I think the other one that's really big and people don't talk about it, it's not actually just a tax benefit. Yeah, exactly. It's also a liability defense. So if your company goes wrong, and I mean, you know, we had Peter on before and watched that episode too. It'll give you a bit of insight around uh, why insolvency and how you rescue the business. But what this does is it moves the asset outside the business. So if the business struggles and you might have to close it, the asset is no longer part of that. It's in the pension. And therefore, the pension, as Prem rightly said, gives you future retirement benefits. Absolutely. And that's massive because you've got cash flow going into the pension. Yeah, that's right. And it's topping your pension tax-free. Yeah, and even more important is, is when you get to retirement because yeah. you've got the rental income coming into the pension scheme and that rental income can then pay you pension eventually. And people always get worried about their retirement pot because they never think about yeah. what asset they're going to put in. Yeah, that's going to correct. replenish the money that you draw down. That's it, yeah. And here you're getting money yeah. that's basically you could live off yeah. and you're only going to get charged when you get to retirement yeah. age yeah. of what you draw 
down. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's one more benefit, as you know, the 25% uh, benefit rule as well. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. you can get that tax-free, which is either 55 or 57 years old now, depending yeah, on depending how you age. Yeah, it's so huge amount of benefits. Taking Prem's Thunder Railway, sorry. Yeah, uh, right. But it's so, so many things. <laughs> I think one of the other things is, uh, which you guys work with ourselves and many others, is about family legacy yeah. planning. So give yeah. me an example, because there was a quite a proven example recently yeah. around how you've helped a family. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so the, the, I think the, the, just just sort of going back to that is is is, is obviously the, the, the benefit of the small supplement of the scheme is is you can have multiple members within a pension scheme, which allows you know family members to join a single pension scheme and pool assets together. So that's you know that that in itself is a, a family tool, um, especially for legacy planning, um, and and just coming on to that and to the example that you're talking about. So yeah, we had a recent case where um, unfortunately our our, one of, our first client passed away. Um, a month or two ago, uh, which was very unfortunate, but it, it was coming, um, and 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 the client was obviously you know he was the one that was in business. He set the funds up. He had the investment. He, he sort of ran it himself by him by himself in the pension scheme. Um, but one, once he passed away, you know his 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 wife unfortunately didn't know what was going on. Um, she needed a bit of cash fairly quickly. Um, they were very asset rich, but but not cash rich, um, and so the wife. Was sort of speaking to 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 the advisors and speaking to us as to you know how do we extract this as quickly as possible. Now obviously we knew that something wasn't wrong with our something wasn't right with our particular client, so we put measures in place to make sure that in the event something like this happens, we can move very quickly. Um, and that's indeed that's what we did. You know the the, the the wife has now joined the pension scheme. She's inherited the husband's pot of funds, um, and now she can draw down funds as and when she likes. Um, to to the effect that you know it's it's nice to receive flowers um, from the family to say you know thank you for your hard work and ultimately that that's what it boils down to knowing that you know you've helped a family in a difficult situation you know I think that 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 that's that's the gratitude that you work for don't you and this is why I got Prem on the podcast one of these reasons because when you go to that level with people and you have to especially when you're providing a professional service especially a bespoke. Uh, professional service yeah. <clears throat> it's all about the relationships and what level you go with people yeah. and that's a that's an amazing story I've got to say and yeah. <clears throat> obviously that's given the family comfort Absolutely. and it's 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 such a it's such a long journey yeah. and people don't realize by having the right people yeah. beside you it's not just helping you now but it could help your spouse yeah. your loved ones and even your children and even potentially the grandchildren yeah. depending on your lifespan yeah, with yeah, them yeah. and it's, so it's such an important relationship Absolutely. Isn't it? yeah yeah it's a benefit of, sort of SAS planning to be fair you know it's it, it gives you the ability to you know keep the, the pension scheme running in, in 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 forever until the funds effectively run out because you know next generations keep coming in and uh, you know we've got pension schemes that are into their sort of second third generation wow. um the funds are still intact you know still got investment in commercial property um, and they'll just remain in situ. I think that's the biggest benefit. You know, for SIPs it works a bit differently, as as you know. Um, but for SAS, you know, it's a trust-based arrangement, and it just continues until until the funds effectively all all run out. We'll touch on that a bit later. <laughs> it's very very true. I think we sort of covered a bit some of your approach. Um, you know, you can quite clearly see how you build the relationship and that personalised uh, rapport. Yeah. And I found that when yeah. I've been speaking to you as well. I think one of the other things which 
is really interesting how you guys um, and this is why it's great being able to uh, be able to work together on certain things is how you build relationship with other professionals and I think in our industries across the piece there's always this competition this competition yeah. for me there is no competition yeah. because in order to provide the best available yeah. service or try to help people yeah. you have to have collaboration yeah. yeah so how have you approached collaboration because I've got obviously my insight from you but it'd be nice how you share that with the audience yeah I think it's I think it's a matter of you know sharing knowledge you know sharing technical knowledge you know there's three directors at Entrusted Pension Scheme, sorry, Entrusted Pensions, and, and between us, you know, we probably have over 50 years worth of experience. So wow. between us, we've got all that experience. And our view is, you know, we, we just share it with people, you know, share this with professional connections. And if it means that you're adding value for a client, that's all we want to see, you know, making sure that they're doing things the right way. Um, if there's a solution out there that I don't know about, you know, we'll go talk to professional connections about, you know, is this a potential solution for any of your clients? Or does it work for you guys? Um, and, and, and I think that's where we really add value. You know, it's about sitting down and having conversations, something like this as well. Yeah. You know, sharing, sharing ideas. You know, I think that's that's the way you've got to do it. And, you know, like you said, there's things that we've learned from you from a from an accountancy perspective that we didn't know. So, you know, I think having a conversation and spending time with speaking to people is, is always invaluable. It, for me, it's about um, that journey. And there's different challenges that come up in that journey and having a network because everyone's got different knowledge. Yeah. There yeah. is no one so, that yeah. knows everything. And you've got to yeah. be humble enough yeah. to know yeah. that. Yeah. And But you've got to be able to, in my profession and uh, Prem's and many others, uh, especially when you're providing a professional service, is be able to try to find the answers, yeah. have a strong network. Yeah, and I think you've done really well on that. Also, I guess the other bit was, um, you mentioned earlier, is how you build relationship with business owners. Because... It's a big pot potentially, you know, before there was a limit of 11.8, 12 million, but now there's unlimited. So that's one probably people's biggest asset if they do it properly, yeah. the pension. And yeah. that mind, my mind blows every time because people don't realise, they don't treat it. Yeah, It's bigger than your house. Yeah, right? it's, 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 it's often the, the biggest asset for, for, for clients. And I think the key bit is, is just having that level of control over it. You know, yeah. if you, and, and you know, with, with, with SASs in particular, you know, it's it's your name above the door, which 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 is you know often the reason why people go into business. You know, yeah. it's, it, it's it's there under their ownership, under their control, and that ticks the box. And it's exactly the same for a SAS. You know, it, it's it's their own sort of pension vehicle for the family or for the business, um, but but it allows them to you know interact with it, unlike other pension schemes where you know it's stuck away and it's invested yeah. and you may not see it or not. It, or it doesn't. It can't help your business. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest driver for a lot of business owners is this ability to to use your SaaS pension scheme to help you grow your business. You know, they interact really well. That's the purpose of the SaaS. For me, it's a um, a secure finance investment fund, a family investment fund, that it should be used with the right people, with the right advice, right structures in that way. And I find that I've spoken to many people and been fortunate that um, speak about SIPs and SaaSs without probably always the full knowledge or the way as an entrepreneur, because mm. sometimes I, I say to people many times, I'm an entrepreneur that happens to have a suit that's an account and tax advisor, business advisor, just like yourself, right? And uh, as a business advisor for pensions. But 
dashes one suit, we're people first. So yeah. we've got to understand what yeah. the people are trying to achieve yeah. and how we can put the framework within the rules to be able to do yeah. that. Yeah. And that's the value. Uh, and I just, it shocks me. Yeah. I, I just get confused by people yeah. that don't understand that. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, yes, there's certain things you may not be able to yeah. do in the way you want to do yeah. it. Yeah. But there's always a solution that Absolutely. can get to. Yeah. And I've always found one. Yeah. Uh, we speak yeah. about well, so we do all the time, yeah. <laughs> We do this often. Um, but, uh, but, but that's the, yeah. the value driver. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I'm, we want to show the yeah. audience because yeah. people start becoming um, you know, worried about it, restrictive, and they always... They always look at the things you may not be able to do, but they don't look at the things that yeah, can be yeah, done yeah. that are going to be hugely beneficial yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. I think it's. I think that what resonates is the key point you said before. It's it's the professionals that you have around you as a business owner or as a family. I think that's the key because you know from our side, you know we can we can be trustees and administer administer pension schemes, but ultimately if they need tax advice, you know we'd we'd, we'd rely on someone like you because that that's your sort of category and you know equally. If they need investment advice, we'll have a financial advisor. I think getting that team right is key. You know, like you said, you know, we don't know everything. You don't know everything. Nobody knows everything. But it's it's having that confidence that who you're dealing with has a team that they can rely on if if required. And we do this all the time. I mean, we've probably spent hours on the phone talking about <laughs> scenarios um, at all times. But um, but but end of the end of the day, that's. You know, I've learned so much from it and you've learned so much, which, which we can then demonstrate and, and provide solutions to clients. And for me, they're one of them. They've got, they're such an entrepreneurial tool. And for yeah. entrepreneurs, which we are, but when you're running a business, you're an entrepreneur or you should aspire to be an entrepreneur and not just getting another job because you've left that behind. And this is a different mindset. And this has got to be one of the toolkits. Yeah. I, I was speaking to someone even today in the last few days around how you position this. Yeah. Um, because it's got to be a step because sometimes uh, I, I speak to people it may not be your first step but it'd be one of the steps yeah. and knowing when to do that step because it depends on your circumstances yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember I did the Sky episode on pensions and, and uh, I was asked around what amount should someone start with yeah. for SAS and I said that is very dependent on the person depending yeah. on their mindset you know I put an average number of 800,000 for example depending on if they're going to not actively be involved in it because yeah. it's got to be something that's going to hit a business goal yeah. because yeah. as everything there is value but there's a cost and it's weighing that value to the cost yeah right yeah. and normally the value in my perspective can weigh up far away the cost but that requires uh, having a plan yeah. and having the right people yeah. to advise you what is realistic yeah. what can you do and the step-by-step -step plan yeah. Yeah. it may be a combination you do a sit first to build your yeah, funds up because yeah. you can get low cost ones potentially yeah, yeah. and then put in a SaaS um, yeah. and then use that as a family driving yeah, vehicle. Yeah, yeah. I, I've done that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I recommend other people yeah, look yeah, at that thing. Yeah. Not to stop, oh, it's, it's, you know, I haven't got a big enough business or yeah. I haven't got enough. Yeah. Everyone, because, you know, you might be yeah. in business 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a good point. I think making pension contributions where possible, you know, if cash flow determines yeah. is, is, is certainly good planning in itself. You know, as you know, it will release your corporation tax bill. I know you speak to clients about that already. Yeah. Um, but that, that in itself is, 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 is a good is a good piece of advice you know any amount of contribution that takes 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 off your profits but also you've got this for a rainy day when in retirement you know i think everyone forgets that you know me personally you know when we started contributing in our early 20s you know it was always often <laughs> i i think people forget that but the thing i think with the SaaS really allows me is the access to it if done properly and the cash flow and the tax yeah. benefits that you can get back from 
having commercial free loan backs. There's a list is long, like gold bullion. You could do so many things yeah. that you can't really do in other pensions because yeah. you're isn't a master trust. Yeah. This is your family master yeah. trust yeah. only. Yeah. I'm going to. Um, do you know, talk about a bit about the impacts to different types of businesses because we have quite a different following. Yeah. Quite a lot of entrepreneurs follow us yeah. uh, from trading businesses, property investment, property development. I'm going to start with property development um, businesses. Yeah. You know, um, and it's good to talk this through because a lot of people don't realise, I speak to some clients recently that are actually property developers. And for everyone, what a property developer is, someone who buys property potentially add value and to sell it on. That's what we call a property developer. That's the definition for tax. Very important because that's because it's a trading business. Yeah. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Sorry to interrupt. We're just giving some bit more insight. Below this, you can actually subscribe to our newsletter or download some free guides, uh, which we recommend. And if you feel you need more advice, please do get in touch. Our details are below. It's inquiries at surtax.co.uk. And I'm going to let you get back to the podcast. And know the, the because of the loan back and the contributions, um, just talk through some of the benefits of you know that well, journey. Yeah. So initially, obviously, you know, if you if you are a develop property developer and developing um, properties, um, you know, your profits that you make, you know, first and foremost, making pension contributions that we just touched on earlier reduces your corporation tax liability. Um, so that in itself is good planning. You know, once it's in the pension scheme, you know. A lot, of, a lot of business owners or developers actually think, oh, that means I don't have access to it anymore. But I think that that's where they're wrong with the SAS. You know, with yeah. the SAS, you know, you've got this facility called the loan back, which we sort of touched on earlier, which allows for 50% uh, of the value of, 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 of the pension scheme to lend back to the development business, which can be used for, for adding sort of trading purposes. Um, mm. So long as it's sort of trading purposes, um, yeah, that, that, that could be something that we could, we, we could look at. Um, but again, every circumstance is different. You know, that's why. I, I, I think you've put a real good value on that because you save the money on the way in for yeah. your contributions yeah. because you can make something called an employer contribution. So it's not limited to your earnings individually. And that can go into the pension. You can even do something called unallocated contributions. Really important, especially for property developers. So if you've got a big project, I was speaking to a client few recently were quite big property developers yeah, yeah. and they had profits coming up to uh, a million plus and I was like well depending on your circumstances and yeah. cash flow you could make an unallocated contribution yeah. and get tax relief and that is up to half a million and you could take advantage of the unallocated and then you have to work out what you can allocate as well and it works quite well with trading businesses probably more uh, than probably investment businesses we're going to touch because you then can still have access to that money, but it's gone into a tax-free uh, zone, i.e. your investment fund called the SAS pension. So that that yeah, is quite beneficial. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah, and I like it. The contribution is something that is that is allowable. You know, I think it's something that needs to be looked at on a case-by-case -case basis. Absolutely. It's not a one-size-fits-all one because there's various bits that need to be looked at. Um, from a, from a, from your side, from a tax perspective, also from our side, um, but but like I said, you know, it, the, the the ability to make future contributions in the current taxes is obviously very attractive, but so long as the circumstances allow you to do so. I, I think you put the nutshell. It's about the planning. Yeah, understanding yeah. what the long term picture is. Correct. Because a lot of this planning that we're talking about and giving ideas about isn't a short term thing. So a lot of people make the mistake thinking it's a short term. Your business is not short term either. It's longer term. Term. And if you don't develop five, 10, 15, 20 year plans, you're going to you're going to lose a lot of benefits on the way and you're going to regret it. And that's why I get 
people like Prem coming in, is just give insight how entrepreneurs are using it for best practice. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the other bit I was going to touch on because I see so many landlords and property investors, right? And uh, especially if we've done a lot of planning to incorporate them because yeah. of the tax yeah. Yeah. Uh, issues right now, yeah. Section 24, which is tax on interest. I'm sure a lot of people know <laughs> that, right? Is how they use you can obviously use your limited company differently yeah. to when it was in your own name, which you couldn't do. So you've seen a few like this where the property investors. Who... Yeah, yeah, I've got the portfolio of properties. Um, I think the, the key is, 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 again, probably more from, from your side to make sure that the contributions are, are deductible. Yeah. Um, from our side, you know, we, we'll receive the contribution in the pension scheme, but so long as it meets, meets your criteria, um, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the, well, the main points with the SAS pension scheme is is, is is you need to have a employer-employee link, so i.e. a limited company that you know, sets up the pension scheme yeah. for the benefit of its directors. So, you know, if you do have a limited company uh, and it's trading, yeah. uh, like you just mentioned before, yeah. um, then, then, then only only then do you have the option to set up a SAS. You know, if, if unfortunately you don't have a limited company, um, you know, you can't set up a SAS. Um, and that's why it's so key for business owners. Yeah. And I think that the other benefits we touched on a few is because you've got a limited company, it's considered an expense. So it reduces your taxable profit. You save corporation tax. Um, and that's quite big because you can't necessarily do that if you've got buy-to-lets in your own name because they have different rules for income tax and what is allowable and what's not. Um, the other big benefit is, and people don't realise this one is, when you've got property, especially property investment, it's part of your estate yeah. for inheritance tax. But when you move the money out of the company as a contribution to your limited uh, pension, pension, scheme, yeah. pension yes. it's outside inheritance tax. Yeah. And I, I just, I know it sounds simple, yeah. um, but that planning can be huge. And then there's a potential, if structured correctly, to do a loan back yeah. and use that as bridging finance to put more deposit and buy more properties. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. this planning, is so important and you've got to understand the people and it goes yeah. back to the earlier yeah. part of the episode. Yeah, it, it goes back to what you said earlier about planning, you know, I think it's, it's not one size fits all. You know, this strategy might not work for every business owner or every property developer. Um, we need to understand the mechanics of it, again, from your side and from our side. Yeah. Um, it's circumstances may not allow potential business owners to do it and, and that's what we'll, we'll, we'll both of us will probably say it doesn't work, but, you know, if it does work, we'll come up with a solution for, for it to work. Um, you know the other strategy, and what's quite key is, is 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 you can't really own residential property in a pension scheme. You can own commercial property, so you know a, a majority of our clients own mm. commercial property within their pension scheme. Typically, the trading business, trading premises. Yeah. Um, just what you mentioned earlier. Um, but but having this sort of loan back facility, which we talked about, is is a good safety net to know that you know. If the bank suddenly say fifteen percent interest rate, yeah. then you know you can become a bit more self-sufficient, and you know instead of paying interest rates, interest to the banks, you're paying interest to your pension scheme. But, and it's a double whammy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's it. But this is where planning is really important, you know, from 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 I, both perspectives. I think one of the things people don't understand is that yes, you can't own residential property in a pension. Generally, there is some exceptions, and people will talk about those. But generally, majority of the time, if someone lives in a property, it's a dwelling, you can't have it. But by doing the loan back, the limited company, the SPV, fancy name for property companies that own, uh, uh, or limited companies that own property, special purpose vehicle, that can own assets, uh, and that can be whatever it needs to be, um, provided you've done it correctly. And I think this is the advice and planning, and you have to be strategic. And I've seen so many entrepreneurs, it's like the bulb just goes, whoom. Yeah. 
yeah. you know, and, uh, and they were like, whoa, I can do what a lot of stuff now, I can do flexibility, which yeah. they could not do. Yeah. And yeah. they didn't have the finance or the fuel, yeah. which is what yeah. the finance yeah. is, yeah. to be able to get to that financial freedom, yeah. hence the sign, unlocking yeah. financial yeah, freedom. Go, yeah. This is why yeah. you have to think about all this. Yeah. And yeah. I bore people to death on LinkedIn, yeah. I always work, and a few <laughs> other places, because I'm talking about this stuff. Yeah. And I think the other bit that I think people uh, I come across a lot. Uh, I run an accountancy tax advisory practice, uh, which is a, a tra trading business, uh, not obviously necessarily linked to property and means what it does. Is There's huge benefits to that as well, isn't there? Uh, I think we were talking about it, is how you can fuel your pensions uh, in good times and then use the pension to help you navigate through some bad times by provided the business is um, still uh, running as a good going concern. That means it's uh, not having financial difficulties to a point they may go bankrupt. Yeah. But you can loan the money back yeah. and use it as a cash flow. Correct. Yeah. And how can cash you beat problems. that? Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. For cash flow purposes. Yeah. I think again. I think you know you, you need to make sure that the, the the ducks are in a row. So you know, you and I both know that there's conditions that need to be met. Of course. But 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 as as pension vehicles go, you know this this is the only UK registered pension scheme that allows this loan back facility, and that's what. The key differentiator is between self-invested personal pension, which is a SIP, and a SAS. You know, SASs were were created with business yeah. owners in mind, as opposed to SIPs, which were formed for people uh, that didn't have businesses but wanted this um, this sort of notion of self-investment. Um, the SIP market's changed drastically mm. over the last sort of ten years, I would say, from its from its formation in '91. Um, I would say the, the, the self-invested in personal pension is slowly disappearing um, because of the troubles in the SIP market. I, I, I think you obviously got good insight in it. From my experience, what I've seen SIPs is that they can be useful, but the problem has become is how they've been used yeah. by the, the master trustees, yeah. i.e. the SIP provider, yeah. the platform. Because uh, I think I was doing a speech uh, on this in conference and I said, uh, the SIP is like you're squatting on someone's master trust. And they were like, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> but I said, then I had to change my wording to say, yeah. well, they can tell you to get lost because yeah. ultimately you're on their platform. Yeah. Whereas the SAS is your platform. Yeah, you, you set up a deed of trust yeah, and you make yeah, sure. Yeah. And that's yeah. quite important in the planning, by the way, as well. Yeah. Control, isn't it? I think you, you have that control on... On, on what happens to your pension so long as it's within the rules and, and that's what we're there for you know telling you what you can and can't do you know we won't tell you what you should and shouldn't do um but but having this perimeter set as to what you can do but 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 what's what's become very apparent is is in that you know like you said sips still do have a place in the market like you used it properly in terms of in infancy you set up a sat sip which is a personal pension effectively and you grow it to a point that you thought I can I can do some self-investment with this now and then you moved it into the SAS but you know the, the, the early formation of SIP when in its in its sort of infancy was always to allow full self-investment but you know there's been a lot of troubles in that market um, in the last 10 years which has meant you know a number of whole hosts of SIP providers have either gone out of business or they've consolidated to 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 much simpler um businesses um which which i think which i think will will, will fuel the popularity in, in in sases because now you suddenly you know initially you have these two vehicles that allowed self-investment and actually one of those vehicles is is very limited self-investment and you've got this vehicle here which which is a sas which which still has all the flexibilities that a business owner requires 
I, I like how you put that uh, that analogy about the vehicle. I'm thinking about the handbrake being pulled up, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is what's happening. And yeah. I get entrepreneurs going yeah. nuts. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. they don't understand. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, for example, a little tip for a SIP is like, you know, if you've got a little bit of payrolling and you don't want to do an employer contribution, yeah. SIP can be good because yeah. you can do the 2,880. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, get like a 25% uplift, yeah. irrespective of yeah. what money you yeah. pay. Yeah. And so there's little benefits yeah. and children under 18, you can yeah. do stuff with SIPs. Yeah, which, and so a lot of people use that to help build funds up yeah. and then thinking of educating them to get on the SAS. Yeah, yeah. So I, right. I think there's so many ways of using the tools, but it's yeah. about advice, yeah. getting the right people around right you. Right planning around, yeah. Um, I'm just going to uh, talk about, and I think some of the key things that I get asked a lot uh, and give answers, and I know you, you've given quite a lot of insight on them as well, so I'll get your views on this. Um, there's different, obviously, impacts that we talked about the SAS, but one that comes up a lot is um, when it's a family tool and the legacy planning, especially for before and after 75 yeah. years old. Yeah. Because 75 years old and the legislation is quite an important landmark yeah. moment. Right. So give us just your summary in your view of the before and 75 year old impact. Yeah, so 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 the current rules and the current legislation is if, if a member dies pre-75, um, then the, the fund of that member moves to the beneficiaries tax-free. Which, which itself is a great benefit, and 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 if if demise was meant to happen after seventy five, which you know none of us can control, um, then 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 those benefits are taxed at the more, the recipient's marginal rate, um, but the, but the key benefit is is you're not forced to take those benefits at, after age seventy five. So so the beneficiary could easily step into the shoes of the person that's deceased and inherit their fund within the pension scheme. So it's still outside the estate. Um, and draw down as and when required. It's not a matter of here's a fund, it's all paid out to you now, pay us your high rate of tax on it. You know, you've got the option to basically say, no, we'll step into their shoes and we'll come into their pension scheme, which is the core benefit of a SAS. I, I, and I will add a bit of value to that because that was answered amazingly well. I can't give a better answer myself on that. And I think the big challenge I think a lot of people don't understand is when you're on like a SIP and uh, in someone else's platform, what normally has been happening is that even though that is available for people with SIP in practical use, what happens in the real yeah. world is they just don't want to know you and yeah. they say, here, have your money, you're the yeah. beneficiary, yeah. we don't want to carry the SIP on. Yeah. Uh, whereas a SAS, you can have it in your master trust written in the yeah. deed of trust or that, and that would then obviously yeah. be fine. And what happens is then they get hit by a lot of income tax yeah. because, you know, depending on how old they are and how much they're earning, yeah. um, and that could be quite sizable. So you lose a chunk. Yeah. And you also, yeah. the other benef uh, benefit of the SAS compared to SIP is you bring that money back into your state. So yeah. that cash, if yeah. something happens to you, yeah. goes part of your inheritance tax calculation. Whereas if, when it's in a SAS, it can go through multiple generations. And this is what's been happening. Yeah, and you, yeah. it's, it's, a, yeah. it's just an amazing yeah. tool. Yeah, it's, I think a good example is our, one of our oldest SASs um, was formed in 1980. Wow. So like a, 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 a year after the formation of SASs. And that, that's the one that's gone through multiple generations. And that's still there. You know, you've got the grandchildren that are the core members and some death benefits that are still in the pension scheme that are, that are taken off wow. by other men required. But, but that's, the, that's the case in point, isn't it? I, I think you put in the thing, and I think the other the bit I wanted to just have a quick chat about is the one of the biggest issues of pensions. When I pay pensions to people, they're like, Z, 
Why are you talking about pensioners? And the reason why they say that is because they think it's that dull, boring thing that you don't need to worry. Personally, I'll go forward. I think they're quite sexy. I hope you're understanding that from what I'm talking about here, right? It's because the stuff you can do is mind-blowing, right? I think one of the bits that people don't realise the SAS protects you, and I've got personal experience of this when, unfortunately, my dad passed away, um, his pension. Um, what happens with a normal conventional pension and predominantly with, uh, well, most of them, I've put SIPT and SASs outside this, is that when you pass away, you have the dreaded annuity. Mm, yeah. For yeah. me, this, everyone's going to think Zeke being controversial here, but I think it's one of the biggest scams ever because when you're, one of your parents passes away, yeah. Yeah. you lose, they lose half. Yeah. And then the, when the other parent passes away, they lose the other half. Yeah. And they might have never even used it. Yeah. And they may have two million in the fund or yeah. considerable yeah. amount. Yeah. That's, a, that's another huge yeah. difference, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, it, d- it depends on the circumstances. I mean, I do think annuities, again, you know, not a financial advisor, can't, can't, can't give advice on them, but, but, but you know, it, it is a bit of a gamble sometimes. It's seen as a gamble because, you know, you, you, you give this sort of money up front in, for a guaranteed level of income, um, which which reduces on first death and reduces on second death. Obviously, every annuity is different, but typically that that's the structure of it. But... Yeah, circumstances is what drives it. I, I think, Prem, you've, you've said a really good point there. I think when the annuities were set up, right, uh, especially when they were quite prominent, um, depending on when they were, the rate was higher. Mm. Right now, the annuities rate is much lower. You know, if you go in the 90s, it was probably uh, over 10% mm. per year. So if you had a, like a yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. half a million fund or yeah, yeah. a hundred... Yeah, quarter million. Yeah. You get good. You'll get yeah, half, yeah, and then you get fifty grand. Yeah, That's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Round, it's like in the floor. It's like yeah, three or four yeah, percent. I've yeah. not looked at the numbers recently, yeah. but I'm yeah. sure they're in that ballpark. Yeah, yeah. So if you have got a million pound fund, you're only going to get hardly anything. What, yeah. 30, 40,000 yeah. on a yeah. million. Yeah. And God forbid something happens, you wouldn't use that up. Yeah. Because it would have taken you twenty five years to pay that. Yeah. 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 Uh, to even think about. That's assuming that it hasn't been growing yeah. while you've had it. Yeah. And then half it's disappeared to so your uh, yeah. spouse, yeah. Uh, whether it's yeah. a husband or wife, whoever yeah. goes first, yeah. Yeah. Um, will have half of it left yeah. Yeah. and they will get that percentage and then the children get nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, yeah. it's like, if you logically just sit back and think about this, yeah. the majority of people, I can't see how yeah. that can ever work. I think it's circumstances. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, I think, there might be certain clients that it might work for. I'm not saying it, it, it doesn't work for everybody. Um, I just think if if you're someone that wants to control, you have kids, you know, you've got this sort of generational planning to it, then then it probably doesn't work because, you know, if you, if you want to pass it on to the generations and it, uh, the annuity doesn't allow, well, most annuities don't allow that to happen. Um, but but I, I guess it depends on circumstances. Yeah, I think I think you've been quite nice there. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I probably have personal experience, I'm not a big fan. Um, I think the other bit that we're probably, our last major point is, how many people can you have in a SAS? And, you know, this is quite a big quite, topic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of the, uh, it's 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 a big um, um, advantage as to the numbers that you can get into a SAS, um, and that's up to up to and including eleven. So that's the maximum people amount of people that you can have in. Um, and you know, in comparison to to a SIP, which are typically one member arrangements, where you know, if you're if you're looking to buy, say, commercial property with someone, you'd have to have two separate SIPs to buy mm. a percentage of the commercial property. In the SAS, it works very differently because you can pull assets together. Yeah. Um, there, there, there's a notional fund split to, to, to account for 
which member has what percentage of the share and you can buy the property together so it allows up to 11 members to come in pool their assets to buy a commercial property which is quite important if if it's directors of a business i.e you know three or four directors come in buy a commercial property um, and equally family members so, you know family members pooling together to buy buying commercial property which again you know to, through a sip it's, it's possible but it's not designed to be doing something like that it's much harder finding a sip yeah. i think the the multiple sasses is just quite mind-blowing because what i find is a lot of people you have a husband and wife and you may have good friends they also got husband and wife and normally they don't tend to put it always in the same sas because they yeah. want the legacy for their children yeah. and no issues they can have two sasses yeah. and what you can still do is use them both together yeah, and, pool well, yeah. and be able to invest in funds yeah. and this or invest in properties and things like this yeah. and in uh, or fuel the business so there's so much flexibility depending on how you do it and the advice and the structure yeah and i think it's quite mind-blowing to be honest you know every time you have a problem there is a solution yeah, for it and yeah it, i think this is the the beauty where if you've got that empowerment yeah yeah you can do stuff when yeah. you haven't got the empowerment yeah it becomes harder yeah right? this is it yeah i think i think having your own your trust deed and rules which allows you know so long as it's within the perimeters you know and and, and it works you know you, you can create solutions um whereas sort of the other the other arrangements that you struggle with around what you can and can't do or, or should i say what you're allowed to do and not to do. <laughs> I, I think that's, and I mentioned it before, and I'm sure I'm sure uh, our uh, guys who are going to put this on all across social media, they'll probably go, oh, Zee, you mentioned this again, but I can't emphasize uh, this enough, that the beauty of a SaaS is that provided the legislation allows you to do it, you can do it provided you've got the right support, the right account and tax advisor, the right corporate trustee, because it's an end-to-end. -end. Yeah. And I, I find that's where a lot of people struggle because they don't understand the end-to-end, -end, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they then put limits in the rules because either lack of knowledge, yeah. and I think it is normally that, yeah. or they're trying to do something that is not what it was set up for. Yeah, yeah. And it, that's the balance. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think, I think you need that flex. You need that flexibility, in, and I think certain vehicles um you struggle to do that because of external factors i.e you know regulation um corporate corporate opinions corporate views um and i think that that becomes a bit of a hindrance um, especially for for business owners um the the other sort of driver which is we haven't touched on yet is is um the recent abolishment of the lifetime allowance massive huge yeah which which we talked about quite quite soon after the news came about. But I, I did a little YouTube on it, but it's good that you brought it up. How are you finding that's affecting people's decisions? Um, just for the audience, there was a lifetime allowance of a million seventy three thousand one hundred, and if you had eleven people, that was limited. If my maths is right, about eleven point eight mil. Yeah. But now there's unlimited. Yeah. And how are you finding how affecting people's yeah, decisions? I, th I think that the planning changed. So we're seeing, you know clients that were touching that number would, would often stop contributing because yeah, of yeah. fear of going over the lifetime allowance because because of the tax charge that applies after that amount. So we're seeing a number of clients that hadn't contributed for a number of years starting to contribute again. Um, obviously there's certain rules around the lifetime allowance and as to you know the twenty five percent tax free cash that you're entitled to yeah. is, is only up to a the, the previous one yeah. million seventy three thousand pounds um depending on circumstances. Um but but even away from that, if you think about the inheritance tax play of you know moving funds from a profitable business into a tax-friendly environment, 
and where it's away from inheritance tax and capital gains tax within the pension scheme, that planning has now come out of the woodwork, as it were, because the lifetime allowance is, 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 is on its way to be abolished. Yeah, and I, I think, I, you know, I'm a bit of a critic of the government. Uh, people might have seen me on a few episodes on Sky TV and all the different areas. I, I talk what I feel my experiences are, and this is not a political debate whatever everyone different has different views but i think this was a good decision and it was wrongly consumed by our friends in the mainstream media to say oh this is for rich people no because you don't realize if someone's done successful they've done their business they're trying to build legacy why should they be prohibited right they're following all the rules yeah and i just don't understand why we do that we were losing doctors high net worth individuals because they were like it's actually detrimental for us to yeah. carry on yeah. because yeah. of well, these thresholds, um, which is silly. Yeah. Um, the other bit is the annual threshold also went up to 60k as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's again another another plus point to, to, to be allowed to put it, extra funds into the pensions. Absolutely. And have you found people are going up to that? Yeah, it's only started yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, pro- profitable business, you know, if you, there's surplus cash in the business, then, then it's, yeah, it's a non-brainer, especially considering if you don't need it for cash flow purposes as well. You know, a lot of our clients have 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 sort of drives to buy further commercial properties, which you know sometimes with where commercial property pricing is at the moment, you know you, you need a substantial amount of money to be buying the right type of commercial property. So, this ability to add sixty thousand pounds a year or through the annual allowance is 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 allow those clients again. To, to, to almost fuel their the value in the pension scheme. I um, mean, it added to that the multiple members that we talked about. You know, so yeah. if a number of directors, a number of family members, it, it won't take you long to get to the amount required to buy your dream commercial property in the pension scheme. Absolutely, and that's been one driver for our business. And a lot of entrepreneurs I'm seeing is they're normally family-owned, owned yeah. managed businesses yeah. like husband and wife. Yeah. And now it's not eighty grand; it's one hundred and twenty. Yeah. And um, we're obviously excluding the unallocated contribution aspect. But if you do that, it's so efficient. It changes the income, and it's about time because of inflation. Yeah. Forty thousand yeah. is not the same yeah. as it was yeah. before. Yeah. So you had to go up. Yeah. So yeah. I think these were sensible measures. Yeah. in the budget yeah. and I think uh, for any party if the Labour Party do come and reverse it I think they're going backwards yeah yeah I think yeah, what, 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 that's one thing we can't control you know the political parties and what, what might be a future legislation you, you I think, can't I think I think you know we've got to understand, we've got to understand and, and make the most of current legislation um, you know and, and maximise what we have now you know there's no point speculating what might happen I mean pre Pre the budget, no one knew that no one knew that the lifetime allowance was going to be abolished, and yeah. it, whether it's going up to sixty thousand. So you know these things take you by surprise. But but that's again coming back to the planning. You know you know you have that support network around you to make sure that you've got the right advice from various parties to make sure that you know when legislation does change, you have the right people around you to give you the the, the right level of advice to say you know this is what you need to do. I think you well put it, and I, I totally agree. I always say that to people: you can't plan for things you don't know no. about. You can yeah. only plan because a lot of people say, "Oh, jobs come really hard to plan." Yeah. I'll go. You just got to roll with it. Yeah. There's always going to be challenges. Yeah. yeah. Listen, Prem. Yeah. This has been amazing. So thank no you for all the value. We obviously have uh, Prem will be in the posts and the links on the on our post across all social media. And if you reach out, you can always reach out to him or myself uh, regarding this. And I hope you got huge value. Please yeah. do like and comment below uh, regarding this. I'd like to thank you again, Prem, for yeah, coming thank down. Thank you for me. Amazing. Thank you.